This episode of Seize the A is brought to you by GHD Unplugged. Confidence you can carry with you for good hair days anytime, anywhere. Is what I'm doing making me happy every day? And when I think back to like when under five, it was making me so depressed. If you do what you really, really enjoy and you are able to curate the people around you and you network and you do really well and you love what you do, you'll be great at it and you will get hired. Like you will get hired. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Well, we know that big life pivots and sliding doors moments are one of my favorite things to talk about here, and they've come in the form of reality TV shows before, but never quite in the manner experienced by the ubiquitous Abby Chatfield. You've seen her on The Bachelor, you've seen her win I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, but you may not have heard her quite like this. You'll very soon hear from all the hysterical after how much I enjoyed sitting down with this force to be reckoned with and how fascinating I found it diving beneath the surface of what some parts of the media want us to focus on. From growing up with a single mum to her full career as a property analyst with a degree in property economics, there was a lifetime before Gemini Gate that led Abby to where she is today. Now she is a powerful spokesperson breaking down social taboo on so many topics like body positivity, mental health and even even releasing her own vibrator range, as well as hosting her podcast, It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield, which I absolutely love. But her platform was not handed to her on a silver platter, nor was her transition into the spotlight as friendly or seamless as it might have seemed from the outside. She is a damned hard worker with an endearing openness about her experiences and challenges to date, and I loved getting to know her a bit better. I hope you guys enjoy. Abby Chatfield, welcome to Seize the Yay. Hello, babe. Thanks for having me. How exciting. Oh, thank you so much for joining. What a delight. We've already just been chatting for 20 minutes. I know. I know. It happens. Just get carried away, you know. <laughs> Too much chatting about your dog Paul and Khan Ong and, you know, everything. Tequila shots. And my pimple Gavin. Pimple Gavin, you know. It's just, we got carried away. <laughs> like, all right, better start. Better start recording. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's a Khan Ong conversation, I feel like we just go down all kinds of wormholes. Just such a good time. He's such a good time. Khan is the center of the universe. I feel like <laughs> Khan just, you can have any conversation either from Khan on. For some reason, he just starts. He's, he's definitely a conversation starter. He's a real launch pad, isn't he? What a legend. Yes. <laughs> so that's a very launch pad. It's a launch pad. I don't let him know. I'll call him after this and be like, we figured out, Sarah, figured it out. Jesus Christ. We've solved the universe. You are a launch pad. We've worked launch it out. <laughs> well, before we get into your story, I love to kick off by asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them, oh which is a bit of a weird God. one. But in the digital age, I think it's so easy to only see the service level stuff mm. and not really see the human behind the scenes. And yeah. despite growing a huge profile over the past few years, appearing on our screens all around Australia multiple times, you're already really wonderful at breaking down that, you know, glossy surface level stuff or by yourself 
which is how you've grown such a big and loyal audience. But for anyone who hasn't encountered you before, what would you say is something really normal about you? Oh my God, babe. I mean, who the, who the fuck knows? I mean, besides, <laughs> besides my regular breakdowns that I usually document on Instagram, I mean, the other day, because we're in lockdown right now, which is obviously my absolute nightmare, I've been crying a lot about no but like not even like a sad way in like it is oh my friend's like are you okay I'm like no like it's fine but like the other day <laughs> do you ever go through I mean you're married so like you probably don't go through this but like I feel like a lot of single people understand this when you're like weirdly sad at being single and then you start thinking about every relationship you've ever been in and you're like what went wrong there or wrong yeah, but I, I was crying I, I literally was sobbing I had to call my best friend I started sobbing about a guy that I did in 2018 so what three four years ago that I cheated on and I was like oh you're welling up babe, babe. I was like <laughs> I literally and he was so hot and English but anyway so I started crying about this ex-boyfriend and then I started looking at his like farm in the UK like on Google Maps like I was like going down that path and then I was crying about my boyfriend when I was like 19 and it was just spiraling (laughs) I feel like maybe it's just that I've been spiraling quietly and I have been uploading it to Instagram because I'm like this is cooked this is not like normal maybe it's just my spirals I think everyone can identify with a spiral. We all have them. Yeah, right. I mean, like, other than that, I feel like everyone sees my entire day anyway, you know? Like, I absolutely love that, though. I love that. (laughs) Everyone else in lockdown is like, oh, I'm learning how to, you know, bake sourdough bread and make banana bread and, like, upskill. And you're like, I'm just spiraling over here. I'm just crying about about next Farms in the UK that could have been my new home with my husband. The babe, literally. Like, he was was so, if you're listening to this, no. (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) I love you. Please come back. No, no. We, like, we were seeing each other. And also, when I say cheated, we had been exclusive for a week. Like, it wasn't like I was, like, two (laughs) years in and, like, having an affair like it was like I'd I'd found out that he'd fucked someone else he was like all right let's be exclusive then like I like because I, I was like okay hey, cool let's do that and then like a week and a half or two weeks later I slept with my ex-boyfriend okay I mean this is a great I mean who needs television honestly but this honestly is amazing. my fucking life I <laughs> sometimes with the fucking the level of drama and slept with my ex-boyfriend and then I you know told him and I was like yeah I actually and I go back to my ex after that. But then I went and saw him in Melbourne when he lived, he moved to Melbourne. Went and visited him. He was so nice. And we like slept together again. And it was like, I, and I was like, maybe. And then and then I was like, nah, dogged him again for my ex-boyfriend. And then I went to see him, <laughs> then I went to see him in the UK. Like I went to his farm in the UK. <gasps> You've yeah. been to the farm. I've been to the farm. This is why I was like, I, I, I was like, <sighs> looking at photos 2018 of me at the farm. He has like all these Highland cows. Like it's very like us on oh a quad God, bike. The, the quad bike was some Raven. Oh, and so idyllic. Babe, I mean, what are you doing here? Why are you even here? Well, to be fair, he wasn't the most exciting person on the planet, but that was a whole, I think it was after therapy as well. So it was just a post-therapy spiral. You know, <laughs> I, my life is, it's so cooked because my life is so like great. And then I'm like, but my love life, oh my <laughs> God, the tragedies, the tragedies occurring. I can't. It's fucked up. But this is what I love about you, that you actually talk about it. We all are having downhill spirals in our houses and, like, have so many skeletons in our closet of our dating life, going back on, you know, spending yeah. hours on Google Maps and you're just like, no, there was this guy and then I cheated yeah. on that guy and, and then I this one had some cows and it was really good The time. cows! <laughs> but it was only seven days and now I really miss the cows and it's just a lot to cope with. <laughs> oh, God, he was so beautiful and he's blocked me now so I can't even stalk him. It's tragic. I wonder if he's married fucked. yet. Anyway. 
Well, that's what I thought you were doing. I thought you were on the farm now, current, like looking at pictures of the farm currently, not throwbacks of you on the farm. Yeah, no, I was like, I was like, that's really deep. No, photos of me, and also like Google, like and like googling it just to like just. Oh my god, I can't believe I was about to say this. Just like. Just like, just like, oh my God, I actually can't, I feel fucking physically ill. Just like looking at like the, the map, like, just like, like, cause oh it's my near God. Leeds. And I was like, just looking at Leeds. And then I was like. Just having a Google map sesh. And then like seeing if I could figure out how to get from Leeds to where he's from. It's a very, very tiny town. I was like, I can still remember how to get to the town. Oh, I'm not going to say where he's from because it's a very fucking small town. And everyone, <laughs> I actually can't. I, and then I like, oh my God, my poor best friend, I called her sobbing, wine drunk. And she was like, babe, are we, are we talking about like insert name here? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, babe. She was like, this is, like, this is three years. Intervention. She's like, darling. <laughs> So, yeah, that's my current, I guess, for, so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> but actually. Like, what the fuck? Mm. So lockdown's going well for you and your mental health. That's great Babe. to hear. <laughs> like my, my dating life right now, I had the most dramatic thing happen to me like a month ago that I can't, I can't talk about, which fucking sucks. I want to tell the story so badly in my podcast. I want to tell everyone, but I can't. And I, because I'm, I'm still like, oh you know, still figuring it out. And I literally, it's given me like fucked anxiety. I'm sitting here like, you know, I'm like, you're alone. And obviously lockdown makes 10 times worse. And you think of all the outcomes and your anxiety oh, and you're yes. like, well, if it's that, if it's that. And then you start like talking to you, like, I don't know if you do this, but like, I like to sit there and I'm like. <laughs> you're like, I don't know if you do this or are you normal? Because yeah, I should start talk- right now if you don't understand. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Absolutely talk to myself all the time. And like practice conversations you're going to have. And you're like, hey, like totally. me in the shower. Hey, yeah, I just thought that what you did was like trying to practice boundaries. Being like, I just feel that how you handled the situation wasn't very fair. I really care about you, but I, like the like. <laughs> There's this meme that I saw the other day about all the Teletubbies sitting at a table, and it's like all my different personalities deciding which one's going to dominate the next Babe. conversation. I was like, that I cannot relate to anything oh my more. God, what's your star sign? Aries. <gasps> right vibes. Um, <laughs> and we all know you're a Gemini. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like the nation knows like, about Gemini Jesus. gays. Fucking Christ. I wish everyone would just drop it. Let it go? Yeah, Jesus fuck. Well, that actually leads really nicely to the first section, which is your way to yay. I know. Seg yay on this show. Seg yay. We love it. (laughs) And this is the thing about people like yourself. The nation knows a lot about what you do Mm. and what you've said but maybe not a lot about who you actually are, mm. which is why this section makes me really excited because I feel like there's, when I was doing research, I like to research guests within an inch of their life, which mm. is such a great time. Including asking Khan Ong, what's the number one person? <laughs> including ask. asking Khan, obviously, because he's the centre of the <laughs> universe, universe, as we've discovered. <laughs> that was the launch pad for my research. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's, omnipresent. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's everywhere and nowhere at once. <laughs> He's like in the room right now, <laughs> just like talking in my ear. Hey, 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 and he would say it exactly like that yeah. as well. Hey, hey, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> <Love him. laughs> 
It's like midday. It's fine. It Never would. too early. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, derailed you again. Oh my god, it's so fine. This whole show is just one big tangent. <laughs> but yeah, I do feel like there's just so much information about things you've said or singular moments of time in your life, mm. but not a lot about who you actually are and how you became that person. And when I get the privilege of sitting down with someone like you, I always want to try and reveal a side of you that you don't get as much of elsewhere and try and ask questions that you haven't answered mm. in other podcasts or in other interviews. And I also think that it's when people can really relate to your story and who you are, they take a lot more from what you say. And I know you've become a very active spokesperson for lots of different issues. So maybe let's go back to the very beginning to work out how you got here. So take us back to childhood, Abby, and what you were like as a kid, you know, Roxy child like model. Drop. <laughs> I, was, okay, okay, I was not like, oh, my God, that fucking photo, my brain just <laughs> So I wasn't, I wasn't exactly a Roxy child model. I, I was, I mean, she was an aspiring model, wasn't she? She, she's, she tried her best, but. Yeah. Oh, oh, the third person's come out. Oh, wow. God, the fucking third person. But, yeah, no, so, like, I grew up at the – well, I was born on the Gold Coast, had a single mum, iconic Laura. We love you. Love you, Laura. And I have one sister, and we moved to Brisbane when I was, like, eight. And having a single mum is a really – it's weird for me because, obviously, it's so normal for me, but it's, like, it's like yeah. simultaneously completely fine but also, like, weirdly – I don't want to say isolating because my mum my is the – fucking best like i'm not, i've seen my instagram or my mom like she's literally me i love her yeah Laura is the tits and, it's <laughs> and like, that is why she's the best because we're the same person yeah basically. she's me she's the best person on the planet uh <laughs> and my sister after khan after khan oh yeah um and my sister and i are super close so, like it wasn't like it, it, it was it's just it's just a weird thing to have a single mother and i think it I think it's been simultaneously like the best thing because that's why I have my personality and why I'm so staunch about like women's rights. Like my entire family, basically women and, and oh, we have like a, we have a few men in there, but like, you know, two of them are a gay yeah. couple. And then there's, you know, it's, it's like, it's very much like female energy in my family and an extended family, but then like not having a, a dad makes you do, do feel like a bit isolated and also contributes to like my attachment issues now that I have, which is great. Love that for Love me. that for you. Love that. Love the abandonment <laughs> issues that we've got. So, yeah, child model vibes. And then, yeah, I mean, pretty, like, pretty normal, normal shit. I mean, nothing really to know except for the whole, like, abandonment issues, babe. So... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of us have those. They're not they're not particularly rare. <laughs> well, then then you get older, right? And you're like, you think that you're the only person that has like a, like these issues. And then you realize even people that have had like perfect upbringings have some sort of like attachment issues or like mm. issues in relationships or like family dynamics that are that are really cooked. So then you become grateful for Laura and you're like, okay, cool. Like at least my mum's yeah. sick. At least I don't have like parents that fight <laughs> every day and like and like do weird shit, like conservative parents that are like like, thank God I've got mum who asked me <laughs> when my next vibrator's coming out, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Oh my God. We, we actually had dinner with my, for her birthday, we had dinner with her, like, with one of my best friends, Sue, who they met at like mummy class, my older sister. So mum's owned Sue longer than she's owned me. And Sarah, Sue's daughter, had a baby. And we're talking about the, about the vibrator, and Sue and mum were like, well, da, why didn't we get sent one? And I was like, I didn't think my mum and my, like, second mother figure, Sue, I didn't think Sue and Laura would want to get – they were like, da. and I was like, I don't know if you're kidding or not, but I'm not going to send you guys one. So, like, <laughs> I was like – like, Are you influencers? Because no. Yeah, I feel like it was – I think it was a joke. I think it was to make me uncomfortable, but I was like, what the – 
<laughs> holding the baby being like, oh my God. Um, but it's so funny you said that because I think like one of the quotes that I really love is that one about how if we all put our shit on the table and saw what everyone else's shit is, we'd take ours back and be so grateful to have what yes. we have. Like yes. you spend so long sort of in your own head and in your own world and worrying about your own troubles. But actually, if you saw what everyone else was dealing with, you'd be quite grateful to have yes. what you have in a weird way. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know how to handle that. Like you've become accustomed to handling your own shit. So, yeah, yeah mum's just the, the fucking tits. She's so funny. She called me last <laughs> night and I, like, kind of had to go after 20 minutes and she sounded so sad on the phone. So better call back today, actually. Aww. You know when, like, your mum's like, okay, darling, and you're like, I've got I've got to go, Mum. So sorry. I got, I got shit to do. I got, I've got more vibrators. I know, Mum. Sorry, Mum. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Everything is content, Laura. But this is the other thing about this section: is the idea that you know, often people walk into your life for you, circa 2020, where you propel onto the national scene, and everyone mm. kind of feels like they know who you are. But I think they forget that the confident, outspoken, very self-aware Abby that they know now. People forget that you didn't wake up like that one day, that there's been so many chapters of your life where you didn't have all of those skills or you didn't have all of these experiences and probably a lot of times where you didn't know where you were going and you've had a whole career before The Bachelor Abbey that people met and then have seen grow since then. So talk us through those earlier chapters and figuring out who you were. Yeah, it's so so funny thinking about people. Like even last night I was texting my old roommate from when I, from 2017, like we used to live in this house with my friend from high school and her older sister and another girl. And I made a group chat with like my friends from Brisbane, like who I haven't really spoken to in a couple of years, but not like on purpose, just like drifted. And we were all sending photos and videos from like 2017, 2016. And I was, I was like, it's such a trip thinking about that is me but it's not me now. Like the, the, this whole like change in my life from going on The Bachelor that I obviously like looking at photos and this sounds so cliche and like, but like I had like looking at photos of me in 2017, like I had no idea like that this was going to be my life. I remember crying to my ex-boyfriend about how I'm never going to be able to afford a house and how I hate my career and how I like, you know, like just like normal stuff that I think young people, millennials have about like, going to be able to afford a house. What the fuck is the point? I hate my job. I hate my degree. Then two years later, I was you know, getting dumped on a rock. But, you know, two years after that, <laughs> two years post-rock dumping, like it's everything's changed. So I guess before the show, you know, I was in like an analyst in in commercial real estate. I have, I have a degree in property economics. Like what? Like what the fuck? I'd rather yeah. fucking die than ever work in that industry again. After when I quit, when I left property for good to do influencing and to do TV stuff, everyone was like, you know, you got to keep your contacts because you want to come back. And I was like, I will sooner do a degree in something completely different before I go to fucking back to fucking property. It is my actual nightmare. It is, babe. It makes you want to fucking die. It literally makes you want to die. And then wow. thinking about like how my life would be so different if I hadn't applied for this show. Anyway, so it's really weird. I kind of am the same like confidence wise as I am now. I think people maybe mistake my outspoken nature. And my ability to speak on things and also upload things that maybe aren't as like retouched or like refined as being super confident and like self-assured. And I think that that's true. Like I think it does take a level of confidence to to speak Mm -hmm. about these things. And, but it's mainly just that I can't, I A, can't shut up. So like... (laughs) Like it's, it's not, kind of not I, voluntary. <laughs> literally, it's not like I'm sitting here being like, do I comment on Trump's presidency? Am I going to get criticized? I'm like, no, I fucking hate Trump. I'm going to go yell about it on my stories. Like that's the, 
the thought process and then like me uploading photos that aren't edited I'm like it's more about I don't want to edit photos of myself and then have a warped perception of how I look it's not really about like oh like I feel so great all the time you know I was talking to a guy who I'm really good friends with who I was like kind of seeing for a little while and he was like you know you're the same as how you are on social media and your podcast but also you're like super different and I was like, that's so weird because I literally. <laughs> Let's unpack that. Yeah. I want to know more about what you mean. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's, am I insulted or am I like, and he's like, no, like, you know, like if I hadn't gotten to know you, I wouldn't have known how like, Bleh. oh my God, I can't even throw it. He's like, how like, how like, <laughs> he's like, cause I think as well, everyone thinks I'm like a badass in relationships. And he's like, I would have never known how like sweet you are. Like, you know, like when he would get sick, I go to his house and make him soup. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Calm, they sweet. think you're badass Calm. because you, know you have that reaction because <laughs> you dry reaching about Which, sweetness. <laughs> see, but like I made him Khan soup. Khan texted me the, oh. uh, the recipe. You know what I mean? Like I like, he's like, you know, you do really, really sweet things. And that's like partially because like I want to be nice people. But it's also like because I'm like insecure in relationships and I want to like do things to people so that they don't like me. And like that's obviously getting worked through in therapy. But I don't know if people will get this, but it's like I don't have any issues with who I, who I am. It isn't like I'm like, oh, I wish I was like, I look different. I wish that I was like smarter. I wish I was better at this. Like, there's something that I would like specifically change, but that doesn't mean that I am like bursting with confidence all the time or like self-assuredness mm. because I'm actually like quite insecure, particularly when it comes to like romantic relationships, like, like really like, I mean, I'm in therapy twice a week about it. Like Jesus fucking Christ, mm. you know, <laughs> I mean, that's like a huge misconception and that's how I've always kind of been like with my ex like I have a whole podcast episode about it like all the things that happened in that relationship and how that's like still what I'm like like I was happy with who I was like it wasn't like I was like being like oh like I just I need to look different or whatever but I just didn't it, it I didn't feel like confident as who I was as a whole person and I think being in the media makes that simultaneously it makes it easier to like yourself but also way fucking harder because you feel pressure on yourself mm. to be a certain way and then when people say things like you're really different on Instagram while it's meant as a compliment or it's meant as just like a, oh like which you, you can't show your entire personality on Instagram I either get insecure about like what I'm presenting to the world yeah you know anyway that's yeah. what I rant about that but that's what I was before and then and then I kind of in the same after it's just that I am able to have a platform and that's why on my podcast I haven't done it lately because I've been lazy but I, I've tried to get <laughs> I just go and talk and I'm like ah and my producer's fucking amazing so I'm like Elise <laughs> like poor Elise just let me talk shit yeah <laughs> but like on my podcast I want to get I try people on that don't have a huge platform we don't have a platform at all especially at the start when I first started out because if I hadn't everyone's like you have so much to say you're so like you're so well if I hadn't just applied for the bachelor as a joke I just I'm pretty much the same as I was when I was working nine to five so it's mm. like I didn't become an influencer like the way that like flex mummy did where it's like she is such an inherently like special person who really worked hard at this and you know DJed and interviewed and hosted and did all these things and like she's so incredible I like lucked into it and then I just did what I could with it whereas I think a lot of people have a lot to say but they don't have the platform and don't want to get dumped on tv to get there you know <laughs> on a rock I mm. mean it's a lot but it's funny that you say that because I think that what is really interesting that Flex and I actually spoke about on this podcast is the idea that what you do isn't necessarily cool or popular until it is. And so she had been doing her 
advocacy and vocalization and building yeah. a platform since before people were actually ready to hear the thing that she was saying. And then just one day she woke up and everyone was ready. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that you look back at yourself earlier before having the platform that you did and you still see the same person who cared about the same things. It's not like this all just happened when you suddenly had a platform and you suddenly were like, oh shit, what are the cool things I should talk about that yeah. people care about? <laughs> you were that person before. And I think what's reassuring for people listening is that anyone who is earlier in their journey, who might be at the property you know, analyst phase yeah. of their life who hate where they are, don't know mm. how they got there, but also can't see a way out to hear yeah. you say, I hated where I was. I don't know how I ended up there, but that I just put something out there. And two years later, I was doing exactly what I want and what I think I'm made to do. My like podcasts aim is to have that aha moment for people of like, just be patient, just yeah. hang in there and you'll find the dots will connect and the pieces will all fall together. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to just randomly apply for the bachelor or put yeah. yourself out, you know, take steps outside of what is making you unhappy. Yeah. And take opportunities and, and accept, you know, kind of say yes to everything as cliche as that is like being like, take all opportunities that are given to you. But like, see, this is the thing with the bachelor. People were like, she applied to get famous. She wanted, and it's like, I really fucking didn't. Like I, I literally thought it was funny. <laughs> I'd ended a relationship with someone that was a very short term. And my roommate and I were like, yeah, should I apply? This would be funny. <laughs> like I was like, I'm not gonna. I can't meet anyone. I was like still in love with my ex boyfriend, and I was like, uh, like I don't know. And then I just applied because I thought it was funny, and then I got on. And I was gonna say no because I was like, oh, my job, like my career, I, I shouldn't take the time off. But like I hated my job, and thank God my job gave me three months off because it's three months. It's like your entire life changes, and then now I get to do this. You know, and I think as well, it also is about like diving into what you really, really want to do because I could have easily like done influencing part-time and then worked part-time and not really, but I quit my nine to five in November after the show aired. So like it was July, then November I quit to go to do Bachelor in Paradise. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I did that because I was going to come back to my job, but they were like, we can't give you a month and a half off. So either you have to quit or you have to like stay you can't have the time off and I was like all right well I don't really want to and I was planning to go back and find another job and my boss was amazing and like the job was actually way better than it was before I went on the bachelor because I got a holding job after batch and I am so glad that I like committed to it like I I had like because I only had 70,000 followers after the show like that's a thing as well that I think and why would anyone remember this? But no one really remembers that I was fucking hated like I got 70,000 followers yes but I have 270,000 now. So I've gotten 200,000 followers from my hard work, you know, and obviously from the jungle as well. But it, it's mm. because I really committed to it and was just like, I miss what it is. It's having no shame about things. Like what Flex is saying, like people would have been making fun of her who were just fucking jealous, you know what I mean? But people would be like, oh, my God, she thinks she's going to be, mm. she thinks she's going to be a host or a DJ. You know, people give people shit who are doing things they're passionate about because they're too scared to do it for themselves. And I think if I totally. was like, oh, I don't want people from Brisbane to think that I'm like some reality TV idiot or like some like slutty bitch on the, on the Bachelor, like, oh, that I wouldn't have had this career. But I was like, <laughs> fuck it, hate you all from Brisbane. And <laughs> in case any of you are listening right now, hate you all. <laughs> I mean, love my friends, but like, Jesus fucking Christ, that place is too poppy. But yeah, it's like, it's like not being like ashamed of like, doing what you want to do. Like, people will say to me, like, oh, I want to start a podcast, like my friends that aren't in media. And I'm like, fucking do it. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if like people are going to 
like make fun of me and I'm like who gives a fuck like if you want to do a podcast do a podcast it could take off it may not but the worst that happens is you buy a thousand dollars worth of equipment and you can sell it on Gumtree if you don't want to do it anymore or you can hire equipment or you can just use your phone and record on your phone like and I only have this mentality because I got the bachelor you know what I mean? Like, so I was actually going to ask that. What do you think changed in your mentality? Because property analyst, Abby, sounds like you were willing to sit in something mm, that you hated mm. every day and put up with it. And I think there are so many people out there. This is why it's called Seize the Yay. People out there who are chasing the day and the goals and the corporate ladder and climbing and success and metrics and all those things without realizing it doesn't make them happy at mm. all. But they'll still stay in it because they're so attached to those ideals or metrics or way of measuring their life. What do you think changed to allow you to now flip the other way and be willing to take risks because you see you actually get rewarded when you're willing to walk away from those things and find a new you? Yeah, it's it's so true. Like if I hadn't applied for the Bachelor or if I hadn't gotten on, I would still be working in, oh, my God, makes you, that makes you feel sick. I would still have <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> oh, my God, that actually gave me like heart palpitations. It's like a sliding doors yeah, moment, that right? Yeah, literally gave me like, that gave me like yeah. a full body chill. And not because working in corporate is a bad thing or because I think it's any less than, it's because to me I know how fucking sad I was every day at work, like living for the weekend, just just hating my job and just and also when you start it's like with degrees when you start a degree you're like well I better just finish it and then you get your degree and you're like well I better work in it like mm. I, I guess I have to work in this I have a degree in it I've just spent $45,000 on hex like I've got to do it and I think now there's a real sense of again I'm very lucky that I had that the boost in the platform that I that I got right to start this off but I'm able now to see things in like a is what I'm doing making me happy every day? And when I think back to like my nine to five, it was making me so depressed every single day. Like I did not want to be there. I did not like my nine to five. I honestly probably should have just kept working hospitality because I loved hospitality. I loved working in hospo, mm. but the hours were shit. And also there's no career progression, right? Like you can manage a bar, but then you work till 4am every weekend. It's not ideal for having a family. And you think all these long-term goals, particularly as women, I think, then you think, oh, well, I want to have space to be able to have a family. Mm, if I absolutely. if I have a family when I'm 35, I can't be running a bar, you know, like. <laughs> but how much is that like social expectation more than like, what if I want to be running a bar? What if that's my jam? I could be running a fucking, exactly. I, and I fucking loved hospo and I hated my nine to five. But then you get to certain points where you're like, oh, like I've got my degree, I may sort of do it. But now it's like I'm able to kind of, almost like curate my day and curate my surroundings and who I speak to. And, and I've made such yes. amazing friends and I'm able to choose what I do completely. And I have amazing management that are really fluid and will just be like, what do you want to do? Do you want to do this? And I'm like, nah, fuck that. We won't do it. Or I'll be like, I really want to do this specific thing. Can you please look into it? And they will, they'll sort it out. Like, which I'm very lucky in that regard. Cause look, people have shit management. They're just fucking tell them what to do and tell them to shut up. Whereas my manager's like, yes, queen. But my manager's like, I'm literally the best. He gets me he pep talks being like, you are the champion of the world. And I'm like, stop. He's so beautiful. I think it's just so beautiful you use the word curate because I think that's the thing that people get drawn into. Like what you were talking about, that hamster wheel mm. where it's just like productivity goals and I better use this degree because mm. I paid for it and blah, blah, blah. And like if you don't get something to pull you out of it, you'll never realise you, you can. can curate your life. But Within reason. But you exactly. can choose. Even, even if, here's the thing as well, like so even if tomorrow I woke up and Instagram was deleted and my, and TV was gone, like if radio was gone, all my opportunities was gone, podcast gone. If I had to like start again for tomorrow, I would honestly just go and work 
in like, cause what I really like doing is social media and marketing. Right. And this is, and I never realized that I ever even liked that. And I also think I thought like, cause I liked writing and I liked doing all this like, like feminism, you know, it's like think tank sort of stuff. Like, and I always thought, well, I can't have a career in that because everyone tells you creative industries, you can't get a job, you know, magazines are dying, media is dying. You can't like as a young person. So you get that degree that you don't actually like. And I think the thing that I would like everyone to remember is if you do what you really, really enjoy and like I was saying, and you are able to curate the people around you and you network and you do really well and you love what you do, you'll be great at it and you will get hired. Like you will get hired and you're told that you won't. Like it's bizarre. It's like I would never have done a degree in media, but even though I I kind of wanted to after uni, but after school, but I was like, "Mm, will I get a job in that? Probably not. So I'll do property economics. Like, what I had to apology <laughs> for a year as well like what the hell like because I was like oh I need something that's gonna get me a job but I would have gotten a job if I'd worked in social media and I would have not hated age 18 to 22 to 23 because I would have had a job that I at least reasonably enjoyed so it's like I think if you really throw yourself into it you can do things you want to as cliche as it is like you can do it it's like no but you can mm, right yeah now, seeing things from this angle, you know, seeing things from up here, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, if all this went to shit, I would just have a job that I liked. Like, I actually like doing this, you know? I think that's such a good point about the changing the metric to just, like, what makes mm-hmm. you happy. Like, measuring things based on, oh, my God, see, oh, I told you. You just have to have a word like, in there. He's like, agree, <laughs> agree, babe. <laughs> agree, agree. You can do it, babe. <laughs> But I think like there's something else you said that resonated that you said before that I talk about a lot is you also were like, what's the worst that can happen? Like once you swap over thinking, instead of thinking all the things that could go wrong and how shit it could be, when you actually think about what's the worst that can happen and you realize it's not that bad, you'll figure it out. You'll cope. Like worst case scenario, you have some equipment, you sell it. Worst case scenario, you go and get a different job. Like I think we're all scared of failing and we're scared of being stupid. But if you actually don't care what you look like, it's so liberating because you'll do anything then and then you'll be happy because you just don't care thing. what anyone it's else thinks. About, it's all about feeling like silly or looking stupid or even like, because like the worst, like if I changed social media before Bachelor, if I was like, I want to do this, I'd probably just have to go and work, you know, in like a like receptionist or like entry, like be like an assistant for someone for a few years, learn and then move up. You know, five years later, I could be in a job that I really liked or I could have spent five years in property and been in a job that I fucking hated and earning probably like double. <laughs> but like, why? Like, why does it matter? I used to think At about my cost? bosses who would earn like 500 grand a year. And I was on like, you know, like a normal, like, you know, 70 grand a year or something. And I used to like think about them and all the hours they work and all the like shit that they do. And I'd be like, you never see, like, I get to see your family. Like you guys work so hard, such long hours and like travel so much and you're doing all this for what? So that you have like a different bench top in your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like the renovations, like, so you can get dual oh paint God, rather than like a home brand. Like, is that, like, like what the fuck? Like, it's like, or like you can go to. And you're never in your house anyway. Exactly. Or like, oh, you can go on a holiday for the, the two weeks of the year that you get a holiday. You can you can go on a holiday that is at like a five-star hotel rather than like a three-and-a-half or a four-star. Like I, I never understood it, but I was part of that. Like I was chasing the same thing they were chasing, but then I was like, why the fuck? Like I'd rather work in a job that I really like and I earn less at. If I had gone back, I wish that I could have been like, go work in fucking social media, go work in 
marketing, go do something that you actually enjoy doing people with people that you like as well. That's the thing. It was a male dominated industry that was super sexist, racist, transphobic, homophobic. It was disgusting. Like they all wanted to vote no on the plebiscite. Like it was like that level of like could. And it was like the thought of the environment even making me feel shit as well. Like I'm sure if I worked at like a magazine or like a female startup, I would have been happier every day because I would have people that I love being around. But it's like, you know, just just like weigh it up, weigh it up. I do want to be happy every day and then have a bit of a less exciting holiday at the at the end of the year. Or do you want to like kill yourself every fucking day to be able to go and stay at the Shangri-La? I mean, like, do I really care what hotel I'm staying in? Like, no. A quick break to share a recent yay maker of mine from the legendary team at GHD. You guys know I start to bang on a lot about the things that make life easier in some way, but you will thank me for this one. GHD has seen me through the dead straight years, the beachy wave years, and now the fun entrepreneur years with the launch of their new GHD unplugged cordless styler that has portable power and performance. I have literally found myself driving from public toilet to public toilet before, trying to find somewhere with a PowerPoint when I'm rushing between events and having a bad hair day. But luckily for everyone, those days are now over thanks to this travel-friendly handbag hairstyling hero that's a serious game-changer. It's not only USB-C chargeable and compact enough to fit in your handbag, it also has the same powerful performance of your regular GHD tools, maintaining that optimum 185 degrees for styling so your hair is heavenly and healthy. You can discreetly touch up through the day for that good hair day confidence everywhere you go. So much yay! Available in the best Salon, selected retailers, or ghdhair.com. But it's also, it's not either or. I also think mm. we think of it that way, which is why we don't make the choice. But actually when you go with what is like truer to yourself and makes you happier, often you mm. start to do better and be more abundant because you're happy and so you have more energy and then you work better and yeah. you have better ideas. And then as has happened with you, like things start to unravel and more opportunities come your way because you're actually in an area that suits mm-hmm. you and that you love and you look for more opportunities as well because you're freaking excited about what you're doing instead yeah, of dying absolutely. inside. But something else that you said before and I think women do it a lot we attribute everything good that happens to luck which I think is Mm. part of self-doubt and our worthiness thinking oh it couldn't Mm. have been because I worked hard or because I'm good (laughs) at what I do it has to have been because of luck well firstly you put yourself out there to go on the bachelor that didn't Mm. land in your lap but also you're right when you did finish you had a really hard time at the beginning and I think people assume like you go on a reality tv show then you just earn the right to have this platform where everyone loves you and you get to talk about what you want but you had to work damn mm. hard to get from that first show to where you are now. And people, I think, really underestimate that that's still a career move. Like reality TV does give you some platform, but there are heaps of people we've never heard of before who did really well on a show. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing as well. I think, again, not anymore. People are so lovely now, but it used to be like, get a real job. And it's like, do you not see the, like, do you not see that now every aspect of my life is work and has to be thought through, not in a in a fake way, but for example, making sponsored content, you want to make it entertain. I don't want to do something half ass and do shitty sponsored content for me, for the brand, for my Instagram, like for, for no reason do I want to do shit content. Like why the fuck? I could easily do that very easily and, you know, and get paid <laughs> yeah. a bit less for it and like live off that. That's fine. But it's also like wanting to do well at this because I really enjoy it. And after the show, I also got asked a lot, like, did you get a publicist or did you, like, how did you turn your perception around? And it was literally just, I had to 
I took every interview. I worked, I was working my full-time job plus doing like at lunchtime, I'd have podcasts. I'd do interviews all night. I would go to events. I was writing articles. Like no one really like really read them, but I was writing articles about feminism in media. I was taking every single thing. I was working so fucking hard. And it's like how Flex has been talking about lately on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen this, but she's talking about like how being an influencer is a skill and being an influencer is absolutely a genuinely hard job. And I think that while one could argue it may be an overpaid job, it takes skill and it takes that social media and marketing skills. And therefore, I think that in the same breath, anyone who has interest in those areas could do it. And they would be able to, they would be able to do it if they got a reality TV like bouncing board. But I kind of was going against the current of being a villain and like Mm. as well like social media was not a fun place to me for the first year after the bachelor like it was like the way i used to describe it in interviews be like imagine if because it's your job right imagine you find a work a thread of everyone in your workplace saying how much they fucking hate you and want to die and you found out your job like people like i would before the show i couldn't even handle my boss being like oh can you edit this i don't like the way it looks let alone people like i hope you die and like that's your job while simultaneously you have to deal with the, the mental repercussions of that. And that's like trauma you have to go through. I also get a lot of girls DMing me from from different reality shows being like either like should I go on or like I think I've gotten your edit or like I don't know, like I'm so nervous. And I think they want from me to be like, it'll be fine, queen. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, be scared. And they're like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like be fucking terrified. Like I was suicidal. Mm. Like this is not, it's not like funny. It's not like, oh, like you get on a show, you get an amazing platform and then you get to be, you know, a media personality. The issue is as well, the people who are remembered are are the villains or people who are polarizing. The controversial right? ones. So like, yeah. so like yeah, you have totally. to go through the baptism of fire as well as be smart enough to have opinions that you really genuinely believe in. You can't, like you were saying before, like I didn't just come off the show and was like, I'm a feminist now. Like my friends and I had like feminist book club. We, my friends are such staunch feminists and we speak about sociopolitical issues. Like that's what we speak about anyway and had since we'd met each other in hospo years before. So it wasn't like I got off the show and was like, this is my platform. Like I was running for president. Like I was like, this is just who I am. Right. So, so it's like, that's just like what I want to talk about. Like I said, I can't show up about how much I hate Trump or how much I like hate ScoMo. Like that's just, nah. but like, I think it, it is, it is much harder than people think. And this isn't coming from like a gatekeepy way of like, you can never do it. I don't want people to apply for TV shows thinking that they will definitely get a career out of it. If they want it and they're willing to work hard for it, then absolutely, like, use it as a platform. Uh, fuck yes. But, like, unless you're ready to be lit- get literal death threats and be scared to leave your house, it's not something to be played with. Like, it's really fucking horrifying. And then you get, like, a few followers and that's great. But, like, someone like Martha. Martha's done incredibly. Me, Martha. Who else? Brooke Blurton. See, like... <laughs> I love Brooke, Khan, Khan, omnipresent Khan. But there are a few people that really have done incredibly after TV, but it takes a lot of fucking work and it also is a form of trauma, as my therapist said to me. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think because I have been around people who have been through this journey and who have come out the other end either walking away from it altogether or embracing Mm. it wholly as their career, like at both ends of the spectrum, why I wanted to use this chat, not to talk about 
all the things that you can read about mm. everywhere else about your experiences on the shows, but this behind the scenes stuff that to break down that misconception that social media and reality TV is a vacuous area. It's people's careers. They work really, mm. really hard to get there. The reason not everyone does it is because it's mm. not easy, but also because I think we do think of social media as a bit of a playland. Like I think people think it's just all fun and games, but firstly, it can really destroy mm. people's mental health. But when it's used properly, it's also a media platform that shapes the world of mm. the young people coming up underneath us, which is why it's so important when you have earned a platform to talk about actually important things yeah. that you have now. Yeah. <laughs> it's such, it can be such a wonderful place, but I just want everyone to know that you had to mm. work really hard to get there. You didn't just wake up with that after Bachelor. It's been, you know, since 2020 working on reshaping mm. your perception in the media and having conversations and starting your podcast, that didn't all just land in your lap. I, I love that, you know, you do share that it's yeah, a journey. It's, it's, it's an absolute journey. Even, um, again, I, 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 I'm I not looking for sympathy here, but I just need to understand that, like, I think this is more who I'm talking to is people who want to apply for these shows to get famous, right? Yeah. Like, it's even things like, and this is going to sound silly, but it's the amount of interviews you do. It's the amount of, like, it is exhausting, like having to drive out to Carl and Jackie O 45 minutes away at 5.45 in the morning to sit on radio for 10 minutes and pray that you don't fuck up. And also it's the pressure as well. It's the exhaustion of the pressure being like, if I say something wrong on Carl and Jackie O, the whole fucking world will know. Like if I, like one time I swore on, I said, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Honestly, for me, some people have said to me, one person in particular he said to me, he was like, I get really scared of saying the wrong thing that's like politically incorrect. And I was like, oh, I'm not scared of that because I'm not an asshole. Um, and I, I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, obviously if I said something wrong, I would love to know. But it's like I'm not sitting here being like, oh, I might something that people get offended at because it's like I am pretty well versed in what is not right and wrong but like what is offensive, right, and mm. what is what we shouldn't, shouldn't believe and say. <laughs> like I'm not scared of accidentally saying like something like racist like because I'm, I'm not gonna like and if I do I will get told about <laughs> it and I will learn from that right I'd actually rather find out than be sitting here and not know but I'm scared of saying something stupid or fucking up my connection with networks or with people or saying something that I like that I like breaking an NDA by accident like shit like that it's very exhausting it's very fucking scary <laughs> and it's also you know all these things you do for free like when I'm on Studio 10 it's for free when I'm on radio it's for free and yes it's part of my entire job but it's also like a big fucking effort and again mm. not compl not complaining like I would rather take my job right now any day over my previous job like this is not a complaint but this is just the realities of being in media and how hard you have to work to get to a place where you can charge with things like radio interviews you can charge for podcasts yeah, totally. you can't because you have been on so many people know your name and I'm sure and the biggest person who I'm sure would be able to talk about this is Flex like she worked her fucking ass off and she still works her ass off but she has spent so long doing shit for free going on podcasts, building her profile, you know, even her like her like thought, her thoughts on TikTok, on Instagram, like that is all work. That is all work. She like, she's an absolute powerhouse, but that isn't just her being like, oh, this will be fun to post this thought. This is her being like, I've yeah. had this thought. It's a great thought. I'm going to share it with people. Therefore I will influence people and they will respond how they want to respond, but I'll be able to A, share something with my audience to give them value for following me and B, hopefully grow my audience from that because that gives her money. Like it's all, 
as we all know, it's all I can. There's no accidental success no. there, I think. For the people who have risen to the top, it's been not calculated in a con- like convoluted way, but just measured and planned and effort has gone into it. It's not like I just happened to say exactly in the most articulate way and like present it and yeah. present it, you know, those channels don't just pop up like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's it's hard, but again, it's like it's fun and it's and it's great, but it's also a lot of work that you don't really see or really think about. And yes, being having opportunities to go on breakfast radio is super fun. But that's also half my working day gone that I have to come back home and catch up on everything else that I do. At the same time, I get to make my own hours. I get to do what I want. Like it's fucking amazing. But I just need anyone to know that is applying for a show, basically, this is this is, <laughs> this is not like a sympathy. I don't want to sympathy from anyone. This is amazing. And I'm so lucky that it's worked out this way. And I'm also, I've worked hard for it to work out this way for me. But and I'm not saying that I'm particularly special. It's just you have to put in all those hours. But if you're applying for a show, thinking that you'll get that you'll get like <laughs> an easy career out of it, maybe you will. But also, no one that has been huge has not done work. Martha works incredibly hard. Like I work incredibly hard, and it is fun. It's fucking great if you can do it. Fucking do it. But also. <laughs> I would rather do it. Given that it is such a non-conventional career and that's what makes it so flippin' exciting mm. to be around in this day and age that you can curate mm. your life, as we've been saying, how would you now define success? Like what do you consider is you mm. having done the job that you want to do? Is it the impact that you can create by having conversations? Like even your amazing collaboration mm. with Bush is such a, like in strict partnership terms that is a huge collaboration to do but in terms of the conversation that it changes in society like how are you measuring now oh god what makes you feel like I've done a good fucking job like this is my legacy kind of thing I think this is the issue with this job as well is you don't really have any milestones like in my old job like you'd have like monthly KPIs yes and now and that's why I ask because it's like how do you create that for yourself what matrix do you work in that's like yeah this it's is so hard. I, why am I talking about Flex so much this episode? I don't know, but I feel like she just fucking tits with her book. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Flex is, I'm, Flex is paying me. She's like, Flex. Hashtag ad. That's one of my other collaborations I have going on. Flex is paying me to be her spokesperson. Flex is paying me. Oh, my God. I love her so much. She's just, she's just incredible. I think she's just a great example of influencing is hard and really influencing you know people's minds but like her book the success experiment I need to read it because I actually don't know I'm actually struggling with this a lot and I have for the past year or so because I guess the closest thing I have to KPIs are like story views and people don't really get Mm. like my my like friends like and this is because they're assholes they don't work in the industry I wouldn't understand the KPIs (laughs) of of a recruiter right so like if I say like my story views have gone down, I don't care I don't care about how many people it's not like an ego thing. It's like a, oh, I wonder why that content isn't doing as well as other content, right? It's like mm. it isn't it's like if yeah, if I was in recruiting and and like, you know, I didn't hit my my marks for the for the month. I don't know what the fuck you're doing recruiting, but whatever. Then it's like <laughs> Like my best friend does, like love her. I'll ask her. But like I'd be like, oh, like are you like it's like I'd be like, oh, are you upset those people didn't do a job well a job? Like, no, like it's the numbers. Like that's the only thing you have. So I don't really know. I think it is hard because the goalposts move all the time. Like things that I'm doing now, like the Bush collaboration, if I was told a year ago that I was doing them, I'd be like, Oh my God, this is like 
crazy. But now I'm like, okay, cool. That's it done. Like what's next. I think that's really hard Mm. to, when you work for yourself or when you're doing your own thing to not get kind of caught up in it and to, and to have like strict things you like to celebrate. Like my manager the other week was like, cause I had like a bit of like a, I wouldn't say a breakdown, but like, I just was like, I had like a big cry on the phone to him. <laughs> like, a yeah, like, like a little, like a little whirlpool. And he was like, you haven't celebrated like anything that you've done kind of cause of lockdown, but he's like, you literally like you sold out a vibrator collaboration you got told that you were like, yay. Anyway. And then I did more work afterwards. Like I was like, I was so happy, but I was like, okay, cool. What's next for work? So I don't know. Maybe mm. I need to figure out defining that. Maybe I need to read Flex Family's book. My queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hard. And I think maybe lockdowns made me like reassess that a little bit and being like, okay, well, like what, what is making me happy every day? And now we're, in, I think, you know, we're a couple of weeks into lockdown now in Sydney and it's like, I'm kind of getting a groove back because I'm like, oh, like getting things done every day is is good. And like we were saying before, you know, being able to do things that I like to do every day. Like everyone that I collab with, every brand that I collab with, I'm so lucky now to be able to collab with brands that I fucking love. Like, for example, like Libra, like I love the people from Libra. Like when we have Zoom calls, they're great. I love the product and I love the messaging. Like that's great. I'm very lucky to do that. Whereas... So maybe that's success. Maybe that's it, that I can do things that I like doing every day. There we go. We found it, that I can, I can choose who I collab with because I really love every, every single product that I sell, quote unquote, on Instagram or everything that I promote. And there's always DMs being like, again, people just being better being like, you just plug anything. And it's like, if I took every single person that came to me for sponsored post, I would be, first of all, You'd be seeing like skinny me t-shirt that I would obviously never promote. Like just the most, <laughs> the most fucked things come across my manager's desk. Like the most, the most fucked, like disgusting, like diet pills, skinny me teas, corset trainers, like all this like fuck up shit. They're like, I say, I don't, no, thank you. But also I'd be uploading a story every hour being like new product, like <laughs> I'm so lucky to be able to choose it, but people and people who aren't able to choose it, they'll, you know, if you're listening and you're a micro influencer, one day you'll be able to choose it. Like if you just keep doing what you love and choosing what you love to promote, sometimes you'll do things you don't really believe in if you're a smaller micro influencer and they, that's just a price to pay to show that you can do the content that you want to do. Cause there have been a few things early on that I didn't really, I'm with that now. I'm with that now. There are a few things that, and that I disliked them, just certain things that I was like, ah, yeah, like, yeah. Could, could, could take it or leave it but now like the past probably year and a half since I got my new managers has been like I fucking love everything I promote which is great which is nice I guess that's success I think it's absolutely success and I love that it started to be tied more Mm. to like how you feel every day about what Mm. you're doing and the impact that it's having rather than when you do attach success and like fulfillment and celebration to particular goals and achieving targets and things that are really measurable in Mm -hmm. numbers like of course that's important the world goes round based on numbers. But I think that's when you do fall into that trap of, okay, I got to that destination. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what's next? Like it doesn't last if your happiness is always attached mm-hmm. to the thing you don't have yet yeah. and you're far away from. And it's just, I think that's what leads to dissatisfaction is that definition of success. Whereas instead of like the big goals, I think just bringing it back yeah. to that day-to-day feeling, like 
do I feel yeah. good or do I feel shit? Like that, it's a pretty simple equation. Exactly. Literally, like, how do I feel about this content or whatever I'm doing my work? And it's like even with like collabs, again, I'm very lucky that I have managers who back me in that if I want to do, again, if you're a micro-influencer, if you want to do something different, if the brief is like take a photo, hold in the product and then send it and then, then like if you don't want to do that, like I now say I want to do something funny. I want to do I want to do a reel. I want to do or I want to do something that's more that's more real. That isn't the word real in a different way. Like I want to do like something that's like more realistic. I don't, I don't want to put makeup on for this. I it's a, it's a skincare product. Why would I put makeup on? Like having the ability to like go back and be like no 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 like why the fuck would I put foundation on for a skincare product? Like I had a I had a product one time decline my content because my hair was too messy. Whoa. I have curly hair. First of all, yeah yeah. And it was a bathroom product. I won't say what it was, but it was like the photo was taken in a bathroom. And I was like, well, what's up the campaign? Because I'm not putting on, I'm not doing my hair and makeup in a bathroom for like a body product. Why the fuck? Like what? Like what the fuck? (laughs) I ended up approving it because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. Like (laughs) what the fuck? Like, so if you have like briefs and you don't like the brief, ask to change the brief. Like, honestly, mm. having that is also a form of success. It's like being able to do what I want with the products that I want to do. But I think I wish when I started off, I'd done that from the start. Because it's also ideas. Like, it's got ideas. I think another really big part of that is what we've talked about a couple of times throughout the self-doubt piece and the, like, valuing your own worth, which takes a really long time and most of us still aren't there and, like, mm. probably part of us is never going to get there and that's maybe a healthy like sense of objectivity about ourselves is good. So you, you know, Mm. you want to do a good job. Self-doubt is okay. If it's just to remind you, you're doing something out of your comfort zone. But Mm -hmm. I think you've had some amazing insights for anyone who is interested, particularly in your career path, but even for anyone who's at a stage in their life where they're facing fear of what might go wrong, fear of people's judgment, Mm. you are probably better versed than most people to give advice on, shutting down the noise of people who are, there's always going to be haters no matter what you do so you might as well do what you mm-hmm. what makes you happy doubting yourself yeah. doubting your decisions when there is so much noise around you and just any other kind of adversity that comes your way and pushing through it to to get through to the other side which again you've done many times and most of us face like a couple of people being a bit un, you know unhappy about what we do you face the nation yeah <laughs> <laughs> trolling your it's, inbox like it's been fun <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've, you've got a really really thick skin and have come through incredibly self-aware and humble and have have worked really hard to get to where you are. What would you say to anyone else who is maybe feeling on the other side of that? Oh my god. This won't really be relevant, but I feel like the biggest thing that the trolling taught me was that oh like the media cycles of like the awful shit taught me was that everything eventually will dissipate. So like if you just keep on pushing on, the awful shit will just eventually go away. And if you keep doing what you love, like we were saying, and doing things that you actually believe in, whether it's like at work, if you put forward an idea and it gets shut down, you're like, oh, that's a fucking good idea, so fuck you. Or like in your relationship or like whatever. <laughs> as long as you're doing what you genuinely believe in and what if you can if you can take stock of what you want out of life and what you want out of every day, seize the yay, babe. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that I think that everything will honestly settle down and work out as long as you genuinely believe in, in what you're doing and what you're saying. But I think it, it is so fucking hard to get out of that hamster wheel. Like the only reason I did it was because I happened to get on a national TV show. Like I would never have done it and it makes me like sad looking back for like younger Abby that I didn't just like I really wanted to be a yoga teacher I wanted to do social media stuff like I wanted to do 
not that I like really want to do it, but like I could, I could have been good at it. You know, I could have been good at that stuff without going on the bachelor. Mm. I could have, you know, got a job in marketing or I could, I really, I loved yoga and I could have been a yoga teacher. I mean, happy every day doing yoga every day, you know? And I think looking back, what I've realized is like, while I am able, I'm very lucky to be able to earn a good income plus do something that I love looking back all the time wasted, hating my job was not worth the extra bit of money that I was getting because it wasn't that difference in a yearly pay. Like if we weigh things and then like you were saying, when you love something, you can get also the income that you want to get, that you need to get. If you really love it. And it's so cliche. Like it's so cliche to be like, if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. But it's like, it's fucking true. And I wish that I knew that when I was younger. I wish I knew that when I was a uni, when I hated my degree at uni. I wish, I wish that I knew. But now I know. So I'm passing on the knowledge to the listeners to be like, please just do something you fucking like. <laughs> Obviously, just quitting your job is super risky, right? Like I would never have just quit my job. I worked three jobs in grade 12. I always want to have a backup. But even doing shit, like I wish that I'd just gone part-time at my job that I had a degree for and spent the other two days a week doing something that I really really enjoyed like learning how to be a yoga teacher or you know doing a TAFE course in market you know what I mean like I wish there was something I did did at least a little bit and then the other shit Mm. doesn't become as awful when you have a bit of a light there in the tunnel you know I'm not saying go quit your job but I know that isn't isn't a fucking realistic thing but like give yourself (laughs) a bit of like a bit of room and just do what you want to do make yourself happy every day Oh my God, another perfect segue to the last section, which is play TA, which is that idea that particularly when you love your job, it's so hard to even bother with hobbies or joy Mm. or pleasure outside of work because it doesn't feel like work. But if you aren't in a great place and you don't love your job, that's even more important to find joy somewhere else because actually some people don't end up wanting to have their passion as their job because it kills the passion. Like some people are creatives and as soon as they have a brief and money and deadlines, they don't want to create music or create art anymore. So play TA is the idea that like we all have to have a pursuit or an activity that's just for fun, that you don't have to be good at, that you don't have to win at or have goals, but you just Mm. do because it's a waste of time, but you love it. So it's worth it. What do you do? That's just for fun. Fucking nothing. This is the thing. I don't have any hobbies. People have hobbies. I'm like, wow, you're impressive. You have a hobby. What do I do? It's just for fun. Jesus Christ. I mean. It could be like the smallest thing. It doesn't have to be like I do gymnastics on the weekend. It's just like what are the things you allow yourself to do, like run a bath or yeah, read I, a trashy book or design a new vibrator, like, you know. Honestly, I think it's I just watch Real Housewives, babe. And whenever I watch Real Housewives, my phone goes off and I'm like yes. eating. I'll be like, you know, eating over dinner. And I'm like, this is the life. Real Housewives with a glass of wine and like watching Lisa Rinna yell at someone is just so good. <laughs> yeah. Those, oh, lips, those lips. They never, oh my those God, they never lips. tell a lie. She's They're never ending. It's like her whole face is getting taken over by her Honestly, lips. Honestly, she's so beautiful. Love you, Lisa Rinna. But maybe it's just that. Maybe just that. I think I think having like guilt-free because that's the thing that I really struggled with when I was like starting off like working for myself. I would like be doing work while I'd be watching TV, you know? And it's like, oh, I'd feel guilty if I was just watching Real Housewives because everybody feels shit for wanting mm. to watch trash TV. No, let me watch it. Let me watch Real Housewives and enjoy it for what it is. Trash. We love it. Totally. We yeah, love trash. I was having like a night with my 
you know, with my girlfriends and just drinking wine and talking shit and just like gossiping about each other's lives and like, and not caring. <laughs> I'm trying to more often like turn my phone off when I'm with people because it's, it's not ideal the amount of time I spend on my phone. So I think maybe it's that as well. And yeah, I mean, I, I think Real Housewives is honestly the thing that keeps me going. Love you, Lisa Rinna. We love you. We love her so much. I love it. <laughs> It's just like, I feel like even if you love what you do, right, you don't want to get to the end of your life and be like, I just worked when I died. Like, even if you loved your job, there's like a place in life that's yeah. meant to be for things that aren't related to your job and to money. You can't take anything with you. It's like, you want to have memories and time where you didn't have your phone mm. and you forgot what time it was. And I feel like you're actually better at your job anyway, when you take time away from because you have better ideas and like your brain switches off. Yeah. I think as well that this is why the pandemic's been so hard because people have simultaneously lost income whether they own a business or they've you know had to be at home from work and job has been less you know that people have lost money during the pandemic as well as at the same time having nothing to look forward to like you can't plan it you can't be like okay this is shit for now but I can plan a trip to Europe mm. with my girlfriends it's like we can't plan shit we can't even plan like a trip to an hour and a half away like we kind of a trip to the Hunter Valley from Sydney because we could get locked down at any moment. And I think that's why what's really messed everyone's brains up is the combination of losing all this money in most cases. Like God knows I've lost heaps of jobs, but I've been lucky enough to have other stuff to keep me going. But my friends have gone through periods of not working for, you know, a month or two months, not knowing what the fuck they're going to do, as well as being like, well, there isn't any like light in the tunnel here. I don't have anything to look forward to or plan. Like sometimes like planning a holiday is my hobby, you know, for like the month I'm like, da, 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 da. and now it's like, what the, oh, fuck? For sure. what the fuck do I do? Like, I don't have anything to look forward to. And like this second lockdown is, well, third lockdown has just been fucked. But it's like, well, we can't look forward to anything now because it could, uh, it could uh, not happen. Yeah, like you with with Hamilton, like you like you like you're so excited for it, and then she's gonna get oh my god, twenty four hours, like, my twenty four hours, like, what the fuck? So yeah, that's just another little comment about the pandemic that we we love talking about it, don't we? We just love talking about how shit our lives have been because fucking kind of oh, we love it. That's that we've also stopped talking about as well, which is weird. Stop talking about how fucked COVID is. And it's fucked and it's been fucked and it will continue to be fucked. And I just, if you want to cry about COVID, you're allowed to cry about COVID. <laughs> That's the thing I've realized as well. Have a cry about COVID. It's fucked out loud. Totally. Life. Yeah, get get it mm. out. You're allowed to feel shit about it. It is shit. And there's mm. so many things that have been affected. I also think what is like a silver lining that will come out of it is that because all those things have been taken away and because like we, we do have so much uncertainty. I think it's helped a lot yeah. of us unattach from things mm. that we would otherwise be so attached to and find things to look forward mm. to that aren't the things you normally would, maybe a lot smaller mm. than the things that you normally would look forward to, but maybe gone back to basics in a way that we probably never would have done in a weird way. Yeah, it's true. Also, everyone, like I'm just imagining the first weekend out in Bondi when all this is over and uh, how big of a send it will be. <laughs> I mean, even just like going out to a bar seems like the most exciting thing in the world right now. Like, But I guess you've been in Melbourne, baby. You must be living it up after the last year. You poor oh, things. my God. It's fucked up. We feel like we're so practiced at this. We're like, we got this. Yeah. It's fine. We know how to do it. We know how to do coming out of lockdown. We all get like totally write ourselves off for a week. It's fine. It's the usual. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Second last question, my dear, to finish out. What are three interesting things about you? This is probably oh, hard babe. for you. That don't normally come up in any interviews. Like only your housemate would know about you. Oh, 
God, babe, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I feel like I tell everyone everything. I know. It's particularly hard for people who are pretty open. Yeah. It's like what are your weird sleeping habits or on a desert island, which you've obviously already done, done before, yeah. what, what other things <laughs> that you couldn't live without? Like what's one thing that? You know, you couldn't live I mean, this is a bit kooky, but, like, people give me shit for it whenever we order pizza. This is, like, not very interesting, but, like, it's just, like, a little thing that I just want to flag to anyone who loves Domino's. <laughs> I am upset. I only eat pizza that's on the puff crust. that has the puff puff pastry crust. Have you tried it? With cheese in it or just? No, 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 no. It's just a puff pastry moment. Oh. Bitch. Bitch. Never. Never it's tried it. <laughs> it is the fucking best thing in the world and – I, and it's a secret because whenever I had my friends over, they're like, what, what crust? I'm like puff. And they're like puff crust. And I'm like <laughs> puff crust. It isn't even on Uber. It's you can't, you have to get like for, through the Domino's app. You have to like go through Domino's, get the puff oh crust, God. bitch. So just, I guess that's kind of interesting But because everyone knows everything about so me except for the puff crust moment. That's a good one. That's one of those ones that only people who spend lots, like who had been around you ordering pizza would know. They're the best. Yeah. Puff crust moment. <laughs> Fuck, babe. I don't know. I've only got one. I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't, no, I don't really great. know what else. I'm looking at my house right now being like, what else it's is there It's more like to habit. Like do you have allergies or do you have like weird things you can't live without or like weird party tricks? Some people can do weird things with their hands or like can't wink, allergic to things. I mean, nah, nothing no. Nothing <laughs> Do you have a middle name? Jane. Oh, yeah. I want to pick yeah, something more interesting. Exciting. I know. Fuck you, mum. Thanks for choosing your, like, great-grandmother's name or some shit. I know. What would your mum say if she had to answer this question? Like, can it even be from when you were a kid? Oh, my God. What would she say? I don't even know. I think she'd just be like, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's Like, mum would just be like, it's a gorgeous little thing, isn't it? And then she'd be like, oh, but it's, like, she called me it. So she would just, oh she, mum, I'll oh, look at it. Like, I'll at it. Or, like. <laughs> If mum's so funny, like if you if you like, I know, like with a family thing, like mum would just be, oh look at, isn't it hideous? But like hideous is like a compliment. Like it's, okay, I think that's the thing. I, I got it. Our family's compliment is hideous. Oh look at, isn't it hideous? If like someone's laughing, like oh it's hideous. Like that could be something. <laughs> Getting called it in the family and being called hideous is a compliment. Yeah, mum's very well. Mum's mum's you. Mum's a prep teacher. Oh, you one teacher now. So it's like oh my god, bless. she's such a mummy. I know she's the best lover. I hope she doesn't tell prep kids that they're hideous though. I feel like that would no, that would lead to like a lifelong scar. No, <laughs> she doesn't. She calls them beautiful and gorgeous, and she's like she's okay. like they're like. But she she goes oh look at it oh look like it, it, it's like a, it's so cute I'm so cute oh is oh another look at it isn't it gorgeous it's oh look at it go like another one I, I loved about you was I was watching your stories just before this to see if there's any juice I could dish up and you were talking about Libra's period undies which mm. period undies like people who haven't tried them before oh, you, you think they're God. gonna be like a garbage bag or a nappy and they're amazing but one of the questions was oh sorry I, I said with a guy the other week and I got my period during sex <laughs> And I was like, <gasps> and like, whatever. It bled through to his doona, but it's fine. Like, whatever. He like, I'm he literally mortified. couldn't give a fuck. Nah, he was like, it's going to happen eventually. Anyway, like, it was like not even like a thing. We had a shower. Wow, but yeah, good. So hot. Um, but he, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God about my period undies. And he was like, what's that? And I spent like 10 minutes being like, period undies. And he's like, <laughs> it's like the second time we met. And I was like. Fucking, These I'm, obsessed. All the facts. I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with period undies. Anyway, sorry, continue. Oh, yeah. So, me too. And I talking about funny reels, I just did a funny reel where I made 
undies out of a garbage bag to show like what I used to think that they were it's like. It's amazing. Great time. But you did a Q&A about them and one of the questions was, can you wear them doing sport? And I thought the fucking funniest <laughs> answer ever was, well, babe, I don't do sport, <laughs> so I can't answer that question. <laughs> I was like, love was it. Like, I mean, love it. <laughs> and it was actually like I just a like don't room. do sport. So <laughs> And I was like, I run. I run. So like I I've worn I've worn them on runs, but like I I'm not really sure if I could wear them during like touch football or like I'm not really sure. Fuck, it was just so funny because I was like, I clearly she was just asking, can you be active? Yeah. But you were like, specifically, I don't yeah. do sports. So. I'm not a sporty girl. <laughs> Sorry, babe. I guess a joke. Like, I was thinking, like, what other sports? Like, what movement is there in a sport that I could be missing out? I'm sure if I said, oh, yeah. And then something like, well, can you do this? Can you do the splits and a triple kickback or something? And I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure. Couldn't tell you. Oh, man. The internet is it's a great beautiful. place. It's so funny. Final question. Since I love quotes so much, what's your favorite quote? Honestly, and this is it's such a cliche, but it's <laughs> you are such a cliche today. <laughs> I'm such a fucking cliche. I just, I'm so sick of it. But it's like it's so true. When you get to your like fucking late twenties, you're like, wow, everything is so truly. But I think what I've learned over the past two years <laughs> is those who mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. I think it's my favorite I one. That one so much. Mm. I literally only just changed my bio from having that quote oh, really? at the bottom, but then it couldn't fit when I actually put all the actual things that I needed to put in there. Yeah. It used to be that quote. Yeah, it's the best because so and like we were saying before, like if someone gives you shit for starting a podcast because like then they're then they're a dickhead. Like like, <laughs> like mugs are they're, not, they're not your person. If no one if they're not gonna support you, they're not your fucking people. And that's it. Absolutely. Oh, babe, amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing so generously and sharing a bit of who you are outside of all of the other million (laughs) things that people will have heard of you and from you. I really, really appreciate that you opened up about you. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I can't explain how much I love how different our guests are each week and what a joy it is to even find new pockets of myself when I move into other people's worlds and experience how they see things around them. For the whole day after this chat, I was moving around with such a lightness and an urge to head to Sydney to spend some time with Abby in person. She has such an infectious energy and confidence and I really hope you guys enjoyed getting to know a side of that maybe you might not have heard of before. If you did enjoy, please, as always, share the episode and tag at Abby Chatfield and myself. It means so much when you help me thank our guests for taking the time out of their day and sharing themselves so openly and generously for the neighborhood. Sending all of you who are in lockdown lots of love too. We still seem to be swimming in so much uncertainty and challenge at the moment. And if there's anything I can do for any of you, please do let me know. In the meantime, I hope you're finding ways to seize your yay.